Hey, it is L.A. Lloyd and Chris Motionless from Motionless and White is back to co-host The Rock 30 for his sixth time, I'm happy to say. Um, the last time was July 17th, 2020. We were uh, pretty much doing this via Zoom as we are today in the middle of a lockdown. So I'm hoping that the president, you know, looking to the future is is much more optimistic than the last time we were together, man. <laughs> well, considering we're actually on a tour right now, right. And not um, yeah, that that's a, a bit of a difference, you know little nice change from July 2020. Yeah. Speaking of which, I, I wanted to reflect back and maybe talk about, you know, what was the first live performance once lockdown did start to, you know, lift out a little bit? And, you know, tell me where you were at, what city and, uh, you know, what it felt like to step back on the stage and actually have fans staring back at you. You know, what's so insane about this question is that I don't think I've been asked it yet. And whereas generally I'd probably forget the answer to something like, oh, where was the first show on that tour? It's such a landmark moment to remember your first show back after the pandemic right. that like immediately I was just like, oh, it's Rocklahoma. Like, wow, it's that crazy ingrained that that such an event like that took place that you would remember your first show back like it was your first, you know, anything. Um, but yeah, we were at Rocklahoma. And it was so weird, like rolling up in the bus and like getting into a routine of like, oh, I got to warm up here. I got to get dressed here. I got to do makeup here. Even putting makeup on for the first time in so long was just like, what Twilight Zone episode did I just step in? Dude, it was wild. And then I don't even I couldn't even tell you anything about the show. I was completely like blacked out just in some weird like again twilight zone where yeah so it was it was definitely a really really great feeling but so surreal that it doesn't feel like i remember it to be an actual event that took place well i'm sure our listeners there at kmod in tulsa i mean who are you know all over rocklahoma will be happy to hear that news and and what a surreal moment that was for you i can only imagine man it was amazing i mean stepping out and seeing people and like addressing a crowd or playing music for people again was just like amazing and then you know i'm sure you'll you'll hear other bands say this but you can tell that equally on the same plane the fans were just as excited to be at another event you know like at that point i don't know for how long shows had been going on but certainly not very long and this is one of the first festivals i remember hearing about in the summer so like knowing that our festivals are back touring's coming back i mean you can feel that all over the place it was amazing well, the thing that I do admire about what you did during lockdown was, uh, you know, the creativity that was definitely uh, popping out. I mean, you did some different style renditions of your songs. Um, you cover the killers. Somebody told me you did a couple of original songs, some live streams. So uh, were you taking feedback from the fans of how they wanted to continue to interact or stay connected with you? Or this was just something that the band collectively said, we hope the fans will do this and we're just going to put it out there. It was about half and half. I think it was more like, well, you know, what do we, what do we do now? Right. Um, let's work on a new record, but like, we also have time to kind of do stuff that we've never tried that we've always wanted to. And we've always had that excuse of like, well, we just don't have time. Well, now we do. So <laughs> plenty. Um, yeah. I think as soon as we put out, like you said, we put out the renditions of another life and eternally yours. Um, 
seeing that people were really receptive to like anything. Um, and then they liked that. It made it really cool and felt like, Oh, let's, let's just do some more stuff. And it felt like a cool, like a way to stay connected while not being connected. Same thing with the live streams, just let's do something that feels like we're still like wanting to be active. We still want to have the relationship and have the cool big moments, um, you know, celebrating a 10 year anniversary of a record on a as a live stream was something I never thought I'd experience, but it was so cool and unique that I actually, am, I prefer that it ended up being that way. Yeah. It was a really unique time. And I'm really happy we had it to do both a record and all the cool you know, one-off stuff that we did. Right. Yeah. Definitely gave you that opportunity. I went on my first Shiprock cruise earlier this year. I was looking forward to seeing you guys, but as so many other bands did, they pulled out. In fact, up till like the, you know, the fourth or fifth day, even before I went on there, I was still uncertain, you know, if I was going to have the the negative yeah. test because it was, you know, they literally had these protocols. You had to be negative up to almost the final yeah. date that, that it sailed. So, Uh, I did. I was bummed out. I didn't get to see you. Um, You know, everyone on the ship that I spoke with uh, said, man, we hope they'll come in 2023. So I I don't want to, you know, go that far out or maybe there's some negotiations, whatever. But if you do have the opportunity, would you like to be on there next year? Well, I've got fantastic news for you, my friend. Um, We actually did not want to pull off the boat until like the, you know, it, it felt shit. It felt bad to wait till that late but we saw you know all these other bands that we're friends with or whatever were just like dude it's this that this that. it just felt like that's where it was headed and there's right. so much uncertainty and we they actually came to us they're like hey we'll offer you 2023 if Great. you guys want it and we were like okay we're very sorry but yeah like it just doesn't feel like now is the right time to do it everybody feels super insecure about it um, so yes, we will be playing Shiprock 2023. Right. We will be there this time <laughs> and hopefully you will be so we can hang out on the boat. Yeah. And we have an extra day this uh, next year as well. They're adding a day onto it. So uh, you have to put up with me for an extra day. That's great. I, I always felt like it was one day too short in the sense of like, it goes by so fast. Right. Not that it's too short. It's just that it goes by so quick and you're just like, that's it. Um, but yeah, that's great. Adding a day. I mean, we're really pumped because I loved Shiprocked. It was, it's just such a cool party and hangout and um, was really bummed that we didn't get to do it. But whatever. You made my day, man. That's that's great news. So um, we are going to talk a little bit more in depth about the new music, but I did want to kind of rewind a little bit and, and go back to, uh, you know, you guys covering Somebody Told Me, which, you know, the original is one of the most hookiest uh, sing-along songs ever as far as I'm concerned. So what was the uh, decision to choose this one or, or put out a cover during uh, the pandemic? Um, these things have been on the table or in like a like a list for a long time, mm-hmm. but it's always been like, well, we always feel guilty if we take the time to not work on new music. Right. Uh, so we end up going in that direction all the time. But now with that extra time, um, we were just like, well, what's on the list? What's what are things that we've always wanted to try? And that popped up um, in one of my lists where I've 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 again, I agree with you. I think that's one of the catchiest, big, like fun. It's just such a fun, positive song. Yeah, you know, it is. And it, uh, I've always loved it for that reason and thought it's like, who doesn't know the words to some of those lyrics? And um, it felt like 
in a time where there was a lot of negativity, we wanted to do a fun song. And that felt like that was the one there. There's other songs we want to cover, but it felt like we, we should do like a fun, uplifting one that just gives some positivity to, to listeners out there. And that's what felt right. Are you adding that one in the uh, in the set list on the tour that you're currently on, or is this something you maybe you just do occasionally? Dude, I feel so guilty saying this. We have been playing it every night on this tour, and it's my favorite song in the set list to play. <laughs> like, I, I wait to get to it. Like, we're in, like, the middle of the set. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just can't wait to get to the cover. It's so fun, you know? Like, And what's cool is, like, you can tell that uh, there's some rock fans that are like uneasy about it being a pop song. And, but once they start to like, remember that they're there to at a show to just have fun or like they see the people around them being okay with it, they kind of sink into it. And then they're just like, there's a little head bobbing going yeah. on. I love that. You know, like that's, that's the type of show we want to have. That's awesome. Well, uh, you know, being the front person, um, you know, doing these virtual concerts, at the end of the day, man, I, I have to say you're a hell of an actor or maybe you were just feeling it. But, you know, when you're singing to an empty room and you're singing into the camera and at the end of the set, there's there's no applause. There's nothing. It's no. kind of like crickets. <laughs> I mean, how do you continue the energy, you know, to perform these live virtual concerts? Because to me, it just seems like it would be very difficult. OK, imagine like going, doing the two live streams. And then that's what I was saying about Rocklahoma earlier, where at this point, our two latest performances are two of camera. Then we go out and play in front of a crowd. And it's just like, <laughs> where am I right now? Um, the, the live streams are really cool because you know that you're playing to a global audience. And that was what kept me being like, this is awesome. Yeah. I'm, I want to seize this opportunity to like, like the, the mentality of it, of like people from, you know, the UK and people from Florida and people from Japan, <laughs> all these people are all watching together. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. And I'm kind of wondering, I'm like, why isn't this a thing more often, even when there are concerts like this, it's such a cool thing to bring fans all over the world together. So um, I treated it like that, and that just made me feel like I was at a show. Maybe, uh, you know, talking about uh, being able to have all these different things you were able to put out during the pandemic might have already answered this next question. But, you know, you've said in so many interviews of, you know, how it was very hard getting through this time. Was it the uh, the ability to, to do all these things you couldn't do is kind of what got you through it? Because I, I know you were kind of in a down place, you know, okay. that you've been very open about. Uh, was it was it just having these creative outlets really the, the key thing that got you through it? Or what would you say it was? It certainly helped. I think um, after I kind of like hit, I don't know, I mean, I wouldn't call it rock bottom, but after I hit a, a point that I felt was like such a low mental state, it was like, okay, man, well, you got two choices. You either pick yourself back up and use this as like the quote unquote rise from the ashes moment, or you just stay here and just not, not make any effort and just wallow in it. And I, it felt like I was like looking at myself and being like, are you going to be the only person that defeats you right now? Like I'm not having that. And that's a really powerful kind of existential yeah. place to be and like where the only person who's keeping me here is me which is the case for a lot of people in our lives but i've started to feel like okay start slow do something that 
feels like it's not as much of a workload. You're not writing a new song. You're doing a rendition of a song. Let's try that. Build on that momentum while it's simultaneously doing things that I felt like were helping me. Like I started eating better and working out and mm. um, trying to do things that I felt like were all these recipes for just feeling positive and good and creative. And yeah, starting to do those one-off projects really, really helped fuel the creative fire that then translated into working on the new album. So it was great. And kind of adding on to that, uh, as we go in to talk about Cyberhex, I mean, uh, the way you introduce this song is, and, and I'm going to quote you here, Cyberhex is my love letter to you, our fans, for everything you've done for me over the course of some of the most mentally taxing few years I've had to go through. So obviously the fans are there for you as well. And, and Cyberhex is, is that, as you mentioned, love letter. So maybe pick it up from there and talk about this song and that, uh, you know, uh, affection with the fans. When I was a little, perhaps maybe a tad regretfully open, uh, openly honest uh, at the level I was, I, I feel like I may have could have been a little less, but you know, I, I just, I guess at some point I just was reaching for a hand and I was at a low point and uh, seeing the reaction of both fans, people that I haven't spoken to in years, friends, fam, like the community of rock and metal band members that I have either never spoken to before were like reaching out to me that were just like, Hey man, I know what you're going through. Like, I was just like, what is that? This is amazing. Um, you know, like there's dudes and bands I look up to that are tweeting at me like, yo, dude, you're going to get through this perseverance. Like Jamie Josta from hate breed is wow. texting me hate breed quotes. And I'm just like, this is what is happening. And I was so like knocked on my ass after seeing that and felt so grateful that it inspired. That's kind of what helped me feel inspired to be like, no, I'm not going to let me defeat me i'm gonna get through this and i didn't want the first song that people heard from the new album to be a song that was like you know about something else or what i wanted the first song to be like hey even though we've given you some music and we've interacted with you this is a new record which sets a tone for the new era of the band this first song is going to be about it it's about us and you what that means to me, how I see it, how I feel about it. And, you know, this one's for you. And it just felt right. So, yeah, you know, not, yeah. not exactly the most uh, rock friendly song. It's pretty heavy, but it just felt like that was the one that had such an energy to it that needed to come from our band first from this record. And the video is really amazing too. The first time I interviewed you, I kind of went into it not knowing what to expect because I'd only, you know, seen you through videos or listened to your music. And, you know, until you actually get a chance to sit down one-on-one to really, you know, look in each other's eyes and kind of get a vibe from you, you just don't know what kind of personality you're going to get. And, and one thing I have to say is I've just, you know, even though we're not like close friends, or anything i just always have this uh connection every time we uh, you know we get together and and chat which i'm really looking forward to that quality time on Shiprock next year but one thing that uh the side of you i never would have anticipated and the reason i'm wearing this shirt today is your tiktok <laughs> videos doing the dad jokes man i mean it, <laughs> those are excellent first off if you haven't seen it check them out 
And uh, I'm just kind of curious, do you have a dad joke that you go to? Because, you know, I love stupid dad jokes. I can't get enough of them. But I was just kind of wondering if you have one that just continues to crack you up no matter Uh, how many times you hear it. It's for me, the dad, the the dad joke stuff that I love is like the play on words where like I I, I love, of course, love the setup punchline jokes. I have a I have a full pocket of them, but I love the ones that are like when you're not expecting it and there's like that funny pun that you could make or whatever that makes everybody roll their eyes and be like, okay. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I actually, it's so funny. There's a, I have a friend on this tour that we joke around a lot and I, I uh, wrote on a piece of paper and put it on there um, while they were playing. I put it on their rig, like their setup that they have. And uh, it just to make them laugh in the middle of their set. And the the joke is, why did a scarecrow win an award? And the answer is because he was outstanding in his field. And I just, you know, that, that's not a great example of the jokes, I think, but it's the it's little the play on words. Yeah. It's so good, you know, but the TikTok ones are the ones that are where you get to like embrace the actual character of, yeah. the, of the dad joke. You had the dad bod, the beer gut, everything, dude. You, you just put it all out there. I'm going to see if I can try to share my screen with you for a second because um, I have a 17-year-old daughter, and she yeah. was so ecstatic uh, one time. She came into, we were having dinner, and she said, Dad, you finally become a meme. And I was like, really? In what, in what aspect? And um, let me see if I can pull this up here. I don't know if you can see this or not, but I've seen what you're talking about, and I, yep, there it is. Still Dude. getting together with your friend from high school, even though you both went down very <laughs> different paths. <laughs> I mean, it's so true because we look like the odd couple there, but you know what? I feel like we're just the bestest of friends right there. It's so cool because the people who made that don't under don't probably know that every time we end up talking, it feels like <laughs> friends having a conversation and that makes that more real, you know? Um, I I saw that for the first time and literally about threw up laughing. Oh my it God. It was hilarious. Yeah, very good. But, and so anyway, I wanted to share that with our people watching today. We're um, famous, dude. We're famous. <laughs> well, thanks for getting me there and making me cool to my daughter who uh, kind of rolls her eyes at all my dad jokes and every time I uh, try to be cute around her. So it doesn't work, man. I heard you initially had the album uh, down to somewhere under 20 songs, 16, 17-ish. And then, of course, you had to... Uh, uh, cut a couple more, man. That has got to be, I would say, the hardest part of putting together the album is the final cutting floor, if you will, you know, cutting board to get those last songs picked. I mean, what, do you, what are you going through when you have to pick those last ones? It is sad days sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's actually a song, dude, there's a song that I've worked with with my buddy Johnny Andrews who does all kinds of, you know, he works on with Hailstorm, Three Days Grace, like he's a, he's just a hit machine. And he's such a great guy. I feel like if he was in our conversation, he'd be like perfectly fit to be friendly in this great dude. And we worked on this song in 2016 that has some sort of magic to it. And it just has not made every record. Oh, wow. We made the whole track. <laughs> I tracked everything. We did all the revamping on the music. We went the full spectrum on this one and i was like this is it this is going on the record it's finally it's time and everybody else was just like yeah we don't know if it's right for this one and i was like <laughs> no no um oh, man. It, it's it's very sad sometimes 
Um, but you know, you're, that's what it's like when you're a band, you want to have a democracy. You want everybody to feel cool with the, the songs that are going on your album and telling the story. And the, I'll admit there are times where I'll go to those guys and I'll be like, Hey, um, these are staying on the record, whether you care about it or not. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I put a lot into this song. It's staying, Yeah, but they're really cool with it. And, um, they, uh, worked with me really well on this record to choose the songs that we felt was best. So it's okay. The song will still see the light of day someday. As we're recording this uh, interview today, you're uh, right on the eve of releasing Masterpiece, which, uh, you know, you put a lot of that out on social media, some teasers of the video. So tell us about this track before we play it and also the making of that video. Uh, Masterpiece is uh, what I feel like to be pretty much the follow-up to our song Another Life. Um, I recognized over the last couple of years that songs like Voices and Another Life surprisingly are the songs that fans love the most from us. They're the ones that they're singing the loudest at the shows. They're buying the merch with the designs associated with those on. And I didn't expect that. I thought the heavier stuff is where like our core fan base was. And I was kind of shocked. I was like, wow, Another Life, like, got double the amount of plays on spotify than voices does that's crazy and i what's cooler is that i love writing those songs because they're the ones that get the most out of me like you want the most brutally honest and raw honest deep songs those are the ones and i thought all this time that that was a drag for people they don't want to hear somebody you know whining about their lives and their mistakes and their regrets they want to hear, you know, high energy cyber hex type stuff. Right. But it's it's actually been really rewarding to see that people want to hear the raw, honest, deep stuff. So masterpieces. Okay, we were like, okay, we gave everybody cyber hex. Here's the heavy anthem. Let's go in the other direction and show a different side of the record. And it just feels like it's a, a, the next song in the chapter of the voices another life. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm going through. Here's the story I want to tell. And it's very much about that time in which you and I talked last, where I was in a really dark place and needed to write a song that expressed that and filtered it out of me through lyrics. Something came in my mind as you were talking about that right there. I went to see uh, your friend Caleb Shomo and Beartooth last night. And um, and it was kind of, you know, this, this um, dynamic where, you know, he's heavy, Beartooth is killing it. And then they kind of go into the radio single, like, you know, Skin, which is not a, a, a pop or a, a ballad by no means. But still, there's kind of a hit the brakes moment when you're coming from something extremely heavy into oh, yeah. the radio song. So obviously you, you're you dealing with that. I mean, is it a little bit more difficult? Because even though the, you know, the numbers are there where they're listening double to some more of the more melodic uh, sing-along type songs than the heavier stuff... Is it a little bit of a challenge when you have to do that and kind of have that hit the brakes moment when you're doing it live? Sometimes, yes, because as a, as us standing on the stage, you want to build that momentum. You want to build that energy. And, you know, you could go and we could play Reincarnate, followed by Brand New Numb, followed by Somebody Told Me, and you're building up all this energy and then we hit you with another life and it's just like <laughs> sucks it all out. Right. But that's where I find it to be surprised, especially showing itself on this tour that people don't even care 
they just are so ready to sing along that even though the energy of like the banging your head, bobbing your head, tapping your foot isn't there, it's a different type of energy. It's the sing along. It's the, that release of whatever emotions you might be feeling that you went to the show to get rid of. And I, I just, I can't believe that we get to witness. It's such a cool, I mean, you, you go to anyone who goes to shows or plays shows or whatever, you get to witness that. And man, that is like the power of music in that room. So it used to bother us. It doesn't anymore. We just do our thing and watch people just have a good time or try to get them to have a good time. And it all works out. Yeah, I just compare it to a roller coaster, man. Sometimes you're really just screaming your head off. Sometimes you're mellow and you're going up to the top again, you know. But uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I just enjoy it because I think it's like a, a great ride. Sure. You know, a lot of times artists are asked to give a song that uh, they say, hey, what's your guilty pleasure? And I, I know you don't really like that guilty pleasure term because you think, hey, man, a good song is a good song. And if I like it, I'll own it. Uh, one that uh, you have mentioned is uh, a song that I love. I, I love her, love her brother, is uh, Christina Perry's Jar of Hearts. And, uh, uh, you know, that that song, just the performance of it, it, you know, just watching her when she first did that, just it rips your heart out, man. It's so emotional. So I wanted you to talk about that for the listeners. May go like, wow, he Chris likes Jar of Hearts? Why? <laughs> <laughs> well... If you uh, listen to our music, you'll maybe hear a lot of lyrical similarities in in the same, like you're talking about an experience that was really painful for you um, or a relationship scenario or whatever. And what I like is that it doesn't really matter what style of music you listen to, what genre of anything you like, what you look like, anything. We all typically are experiencing this, the same life experiences and if you listen to that song you know you might find that you could relate to it or you have felt that way in at some point of your life and if you can get past the like you know it's a pop song or whatever then you can appreciate the the music and the talent and what goes into songs like that and for me with that song the selling point of course is the performance yeah i mean dude she is like cut open chest, bleeding it out. And it feels like one of the most honest songs and performances I've ever heard anyone sing. Yeah. And I'm like, I, when I hear it, I'm like, I'm in the room watching the moment she's talking about because it's so vivid. And I love that about artist Johnny Cash, dude. Mm-hmm. Tell me a better storyteller than Johnny Cash. There is You're in the room with him. You're hearing his pain. You're feeling it. And that's how I relate music to other music. I don't separate country Johnny Cash to pop Christina Perry to rock Motionless and White. I hear pain, sorrow, regret. I hear, you know, powerful anthemic call to arms lyrics and other songs. I hear I hear the similarities in that sense. And that's how I'm able to get past the genre hold hangups that some people have. And I, I just... Yeah, I think that that song really is it. She's amazing. And I don't know who convinced Johnny Cash, or maybe he did it on his own, but, you know, when you listen to Nine Inch Nails Hurt, you think that's a pretty devastating song. And then when you hear Johnny, who's at the end of his life, do it, it's like, holy (sighs) dude, I I just want to crawl in a hole and and go away for a little while. What a period on the end of someone's life to put. You know, like, imagine being Trent Reznor and hearing that, you know, just 
I know he did. I've seen him do an interview about it where I, I, I was actually like trying to understand his vision of it. But dude, if that, if that, just imagine, you know, yeah. someone hearing your song and being that inspired to like put that as one of their final moments of their legacy. I'm sure unknowingly, but do it still doing it. Right. Wow. Yeah, but I agree that that cover is pain and in the best way. Well, dude, as always, I, I've enjoyed uh, speaking with you. Uh, I hope to see you somewhere live uh, here in the U.S. before Shiprock next year. But if not, uh, I will go ahead and put in an early request to uh, get a little shout out from stage when you play loud, because still, that's my uh, that's my workout song. That's my when I feel like crap, I I put it on and it pumps me up, dude. I don't know what it is about that song, but it just gets me going, man. <laughs> the groove. It's got the groove. Definitely oh, does, man. man. Always the groove. Well, yeah, I, I have a feeling um, I have a feeling we'll be seeing you in uh, September, October time. Oh, excellent. So. Well, that's good to know. That's very good to know. Well, man, uh, best of luck on the new uh, track masterpiece and the release of the new album, and uh, I'll be talking to you soon. Dude, it's always a pleasure. Let's uh, let's not make it uh, over a year until next time. For so. sure. Thank you.